Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Inside the Cage. My name is Terrell Campbell. And I am your man, Jerome Spann. And this is your home for MMA, pro wrestling, and entertainment analysis and conversation. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, this is your home. Welcome and be excited to be locked inside the cage with us. So, with that being said, I mean, Drew. interesting weekend this weekend and you know all aspects of uh mma and pro wrestling and we'll we'll touch bases on some of those things when we get to those topics but i want to i want to know like say did you get a chance to watch the big ufc fight over the weekend uh i got a chance to celebrate winning money off them fights i can tell you that much um Happen to see a really good line on on uh, Blaskovich to win by decision, and I said, "Hey, what the hell? I'm playing with house money right now, anyway." And a small bet turned into two hundred dollars for me, so I like it. I like it. It was a good time. But um, as far as actual fights go, I did get to see them, and they were enjoyable for the most part. I can't really complain about what was there. Now, let's say we did have one of the most controversial. Title fights ever with Aljamain Sterling winning the title off of Peter Yan after an illegal knee. And I was watching it and I was watching it with some friends and I was actually watching it with my oldest brother. That's right. I know you say, wait, what? It's like, yeah, my brother was in town. I was watching it with him. Yeah. That's that's what happened. Not going to lie, surprised, pretty surprised. My brother and uh, one of my nieces, yeah, and her boyfriend, who first time meeting them, yeah. So that was interesting. But, mm. but how was that? Hold on, hold on. Let's touch on that. How was that? It was it was good because I actually they were actually wondering what happened mm-hmm. in that aspect because they did they didn't understand like what was the problem, and I had to inform them. That what the what Jan had did was an illegal move in MMA, and I gave them so much as a demonstration. <laughs> because here's the thing that a lot of, like say a lot of our fans they may know they may not know. So when you have a downed opponent, that means that part of their body is is outside of their feet is physically touching the ground. So if you're on one knee, you're a downed opponent. If you have if you're if you're like in a clinch and your opponent has you and you put your hand down onto the mat, that makes you a downed opponent as well. So there's a lot of ways you can be ruled a downed opponent. And when they showed the replays, I had to make sure that Sterling hadn't lifted his knee up at all because that would have made him a standing opponent. Because the second he would have been off his knee and, like I say, hand not touching the ground, standing opponent. No, that man was clearly down. But we come to find out the reason why Jan threw the knee was he was listening to his corner and they told him, hey, you can hit him, you can hit him. But I believe they think they, I believe they meant hit him with your fist, not catch him with a knee. Because yeah, that 
that cost him greatly. That cost him the title. Sterling, not very happy about the way he he received the title, but he is now the new UFC bantamweight champion. Yeah, I mean, I know he's not happy about the way that he got the title, but it's better to call yourself champion than to not be champion. I mean, look at everything he did for Conor McGregor and his paper championships. So um, I do understand his objections and that, you know, he didn't want to win the title that way. And I mean, who really does as a competitor, right? Who wants to win on a technicality? When you go in there to compete, you go in there to win, you know, to go in there and impose your will upon the opponent and come out victorious. Well, unfortunately for him in this case, you know, he didn't, get that opportunity because that knee stopped the fight but at the end of the day was it the right call yes it was 100 percent the right call he was a downed opponent and as we were just talking about with pride the other week you know the rules have changed greatly in mma since the days of like pride and a lot of it is for fighter safety and to avoid crazy blows like that like i i know people are going to have their objections about the fight ending in that way and um and that being a rule but you have to understand just pure physics you can do a lot of damage to someone throwing a knee at their head when they're already down a whole lot of damage you saw what happened to sterling he didn't pop right back up he was down and hurt and basically done for the night right so if that's the case, then you have to have those rules in place to protect the fighters because, unfortunately, as much as guys aren't going to want to make mistakes like that, they do happen. You know, we talk about with John Jones, right? His one technical loss on his record was that of a disqualification from from elbows. And we we, we both don't really acknowledge it as a loss, but Technically, it is a loss, you know, because he got disqualified. So it's happened before um, that. Obviously, the John Jones fight wasn't as big as a, of a fight because that was at the time when he was still on the rise and he was fighting uh, Mark Hamill. But regardless, it's not the first time we've seen this happen. And unfortunately, it probably won't be the last time that we see somebody lose by disqualification for an illegal strike. It just happens, man. I don't feel like it was done maliciously or anything like that either. So. For me, it's just one of those things that it was unfortunate to see the fight in like that, but it happens. Yep, it definitely does happen. And I say I haven't seen the medical suspensions yet, so we'll see where it goes with Sterling as far as a medical suspension because I say they the doctors did did say he wasn't severely hurt, but not continue to fight ability, you know, okay. Uh-huh. So we'll see what we'll see what happens down the road, but we also have to analyze the main event and what's going to be next for Adesanya after this loss to Blaschewitz uh, via decision because we we were seeing and I know a lot of people were saying, oh well, it wasn't an exciting fight. Well, it was a technical fight. That's the uh-huh. difference. You have to look at how both guys were definitely doing it on a technical aspect. And uh-huh. I, I had to give it to Blaschewitz. Bl- he did a great job 
with his game plan because he spent mm-hmm. three rounds fighting Adesanya on his feet. And then when it came to the championship rounds, he would spend half a round fighting him on his feet. And then he was able to take him down in the latter half of the rounds. And he did mm-hmm. tire himself out trying to do that in the early rounds when, you know, Adesanya was more fresh and able to get back up. Because think about it, Adesanya, we saw Blushwitz, I say, get him down for like half a second in the early rounds. And so he was just like, okay, this guy is a little bit too strong, a little bit too fresh. Let me wait till he's a little bit more tired. And then rounds four and five, we saw mm-hmm. Adesanya get tired. Now, Adesanya does make history. He's the first person to try and be a champion at two consecutive weight classes that has fallen short of that goal. But he doesn't lose anything in it as far as his legacy, in my opinion. So my question to you is, what's next for him? Because now he has to go back down to middleweight. The only possible matchup I see for him is Whitaker. Whitaker's the only person since Whitaker knocked off Jared Cannonier. But does he have to go back down the middleweight? That's the thing. Well, does he Does he really have to? I mean, he's a champion there, so he would have to. Def- well, he, I mean, he, he, he can give up the belt. We know that. Like, guys, have, you know, he can give that up. But what I'm saying is, in actuality, does he really have to? No, not really. I mean, if he has felt that he's done everything that he needs to do at the middleweight division, which clearly he felt, right? which is why he was stepping up trying to make another challenge for himself. Well, you didn't achieve the goal, so why walk away from the challenge now? What sense does that make? You know, you lost, so now you're just going to walk away from the challenge? You're not going to try and achieve that goal? Or he goes back down the middleweight, takes out a couple more guys, then goes back for it. But what is? It, but you even said yourself, okay, what can he really do for his legacy at middleweight? What can he do? He's already beat the whole division. So what else and, is he going to do? Yeah, and the only guy in the division he hasn't beaten got beaten by a guy that he already beat. Yeah, so, so at the end of the day, it's like what's the purpose of him going back to middleweight? There's no purpose. He he doesn't gain anything by continuing to try and defend that title. That does nothing for him. But what could do something for his legacy is to come back, beat whoever may be considered like the number one contender, right? Beat them. Which right now, would his, be, which would be Glover Texera. Beat him, come back, win the championship. He adds to his legacy. But, I mean, to, to walk away from the challenge and not try at it again, I think would be um, – I think it would be foolish on his part, if you want me to be perfectly honest. I think it would be very foolish. I, I don't think it would make much sense because why are you going up to light heavyweight if you aren't going to be the champion? I mean, we saw Anderson Silva do it a few times where he fought at light heavyweight. And he never yeah, went for that title. But that was a different era, though. That was when the UFC wasn't so apt to do cross-division fights or let a guy go up and go fight somebody. So those were like super special cards. You know what I mean? Those were like super special events. This isn't the, – the the person that's a champion fighting for another belt is no longer a specialty. It, it's It's longer something that 
you're looking at and saying, oh, okay, this is um, a rarity. You know, think about that era. Who else outside of Anderson Civil was really of a big caliber fighter that was fighting in another division that wasn't their own? Yep, you have a good case on that one. And that's what I mean. Like, I I get where where you're at, but this is it's different now. Now it's a part of building your legacy up to win two, a championship in two divisions. It's part of the reason John Jones is doing it is because he wants to be the undisputed greatest of all time when it's all said and done. So in order to do that, John Jones has said, okay, well, they want to put other people in this position because they've won belts in two two divisions, right? So I'm going to do that now. I have nothing left to do in the in the light heavyweight division. So now I'm going to go win the title in the, in the division higher than mine weight-wise and show everybody that my dominance is pure, that it does not matter weight class. I am always going to be the most dominant fighter out there. If, if Israel goes back down to middleweight, how can he stake his claim to all-time greatness? I mean, you can still stake your claim as all-time greatness, but how? without having to be a two, without being a two-division champion. How? That's, how? What do you mean? How? 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 We've already labeled. We've already labeled John Jones as the greatest of all time. Yeah, and he's but, only but, dominated one division. But why, we haven't even but, seen him fight at heavyweight. But why is part of the reason that we dom- that we call John Jones that? What for? Probably a ten-year span when he was dominating. What was? the deepest division in MMA, the light heavyweight division. We had, and think about the list of, and on top of that, the list of guys that John Jones ran through. He has champion after champion that he has taken out and embarrassed. It's not just the fact that he's been dominant. It's the way he did it. I mean, look at what he did to Leota Machida. How many people did that to Machida, Terrell? You can't say many because no one's really been able to do it like that. I mean, John Jones was the first person to ever finish Rampage Jackson mm-hmm. in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And that was by submission. So, like I say, we, we give him credit because, yeah, he was dominated light heavyweight. And we've also given Anderson Silva credit because he was, because like I say, he was dominated at middleweight. But again, though, so, yeah, he had look some, at the amount he of time. He had light heavyweight. Look at the amount of time yeah. that we're talking. Yeah. Israel it's doesn't because, have it's that. It's because of that span. It's because he had that, that, you know, period of time where he had the chance to really solidify himself. Mm-hmm. And, and my thing is, is just that Israel doesn't have that. And there isn't enough quality currently at the middleweight division to where him staying in that division long-term boosts his legacy at all. Can you name me somebody else in the middleweight division that's actually impressive to you? Because I can't. Like I, I, I'm being – no disrespect to any of the guys, but just being honest. None of these guys impress me outside of Israel. None of them. I can't give that, that decision to anybody because – the only the only other person I would really like to see him uh, fight 
would be and it would be Kelvin Gastelum, and that's because they had such a great fight when you know they were going for the interim belt. Mm-hmm. But I would like to see what what would happen in a rematch. But wouldn't you even admit yourself that after seeing how Israel has con- continued to grow after that fight, that that fight would probably not go the same way that it did? There's a chance it wouldn't go the same way that it did, but we've also seen it before where guys match up with each other another time, and the guy that came out on the losing end comes out better than they did last time. I mean, we even saw it with uh, former strawweight queen, Joanna Yonechek versus Rose Namajunas. Their first fight, but Rose the... knocked her clear out, but and then Joanna came back, fought a different kind of fight, and it was a better fight for Joanna. Yes, Rose still won the fight, but we did still see but, but we still saw a good fight. Yeah, but that we saw a we that's, saw an, we, that's way come on. That's that's a hard example to try and use there because Tarok, let's be honest. At that point, who the hell had done anything competitive against Joanna? Nobody. She had went in there and dominated every person that she fought before that, and then Rose went in there and knocked her off. So it it, it that's different. You know what I mean? Like, Joanna was the dominant person in her division that eventually got knocked off. That's not the same as what's going on with Israel. Israel, it's a little different. Israel needs to build up his resume in a different way because the game has changed now because now you have to become the multiple division champion to build up your legacy. And if you want to be okay, mad so at people say, for that, say, be mad at Conor but, McGregor. But dog. you say, but you, but you say, but you say, you honest a bad example. Well, what about someone like Mike Bisping? Because remember, like I say Bisping took that fight on short notice against Rocco. The first fight, Rocco took him out. Second fight, Bisping took out Rocco. He adapted his game plan. We do see guys match up again, and we do see. Somebody get knocked off that but didn't get knocked R- off the Rucko first time. But got knocked out by and the Mike, same Mike punch you, that he got knocked out by like four times in a row, bro. But Rocco was the champion at yeah, that time. Yeah, he was the champ. But then that was right, and, that was right and, before and Bisping, people figured out, oh, wait, he can't see this one strike coming. <laughs> uh, Bisping's the one with the, what's the one with the eye issue, not Rocco. No, no. I'm not insinuating an eye issue. Terrell, do you not remember that Rocco got knocked out by the same punch three fights in a row? It was the same strike thrown by three different fighters, three fights in a row that knocked him out. You know what? Did you forget I'll be the first about one that? To admit, you forgot about when that happened I, to him? I, I forgot. Because <laughs> Rocco was always one of those guys that I'm just like, okay, he's an AKA guy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he was somebody who was on my radar. Yeah, he won the title. And then when he lost to Bisbee, I'm just like, well, I'm glad Bisbee got his shine. And I just kind of stopped paying attention to Rocco. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I can't I can't hate on you for that. I can't hate on and you. It's, and, it's not because I did, and it's not because I don't think he's a good he, – I didn't think he was a good fighter. It's just he was somebody that when I saw him going up the ranks in the UFC after not being there for so long – I was excited to see what he could do. Uh-huh. And then he eventually ascended to champion. And then he got knocked off by Bisbing. And I was more focused on, okay, well, what's Bisbing going to do? And Rocco got, you know, pushed to the side in my mind. So I, I wasn't paying 
it wasn't one of those things where I was looking at Rocco and being like, man, I can't wait to see his next fight. It was more so, oh, he's still around. That's that's pretty much it. That that's that's the honest truth. No, but, say, if we're gonna talk about, but, but if we're gonna talk about two, but if we're gonna talk about two division champions, we still have to talk about the female goat, Amanda Nunes, because dear God Almighty, she had a short night at UFC 259, and it was it was it was man. Megan Anderson went in there and she looked like a deer in headlights. I think from the first time that Amanda hit her, she became a deer in the headlights. Because Amanda, what I've never seen Amanda throw so many overhand punches in a fight, and and like I say, Amanda would you know would would, would faint would faint the jab. Anderson would kind of duck, and then Amanda come over the head. With I mean, it was just. Words don't describe it. And then we always forget Amanda Nunes is a black bit in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And we don't see it too much because we're so used to seeing her power. And she submitted her with a triangle arm bar. You know what? I, I've i never forgot because I remember her when she first came up. She wasn't as confident in her striking game, right? And like it, nobody ever wanted to go to the ground with her. I remember early in her career, people wanted, really wanted to stand and fight with her. But ever since, I, I don't know who her boxing coach is, but I remember when she made the switch. But ever since then, her boxing is at a, and her striking is at a different level, and it is frightening how powerful she is. It is absolutely frightening. I'm I'm talking about it's to a point to where you're like, what the hell. How can anyone even really stand in there and fight with her if it's at that level? Like, how how can uh, there's plenty of men that aren't going to be able to stand in there and deal with the shots that she throws? So how how are, are some of these women going to deal with it? I don't know, uh, but she is scary, <laughs> scary with the strike she throws, and it is absurd to say, but it seems like she's getting better with every fight. It. It's not absurd to say because that's basically what we're seeing. Like the the woman likes her her nights to end quick. That's what it is. She's not in there to go into a five round war. She's going in there to win it. I say if the fans if the fans love her for it, great. If the fans hate her for it, that's your problem. Because hey, this is the fight game. We're not trying to see five rounds all the time. We're trying to see who's the best fighter. Yes, if we do get a five round war, hey, that's great for everybody except for the fighters because that's long term that you know there are medical suspensions and there can be some damage there but I mean even even Dana said he's probably going to try and turn around Amanda really quick have her defend that bantamweight title because I say the featherweight division in the UFC in the well in the women's featherweight division is not that deep so there's not a lot of challenges for her they have to find people to come in and fight her Whereas, whereas I say the bantamweight division has a little bit more depth, but the person that it's probably going to be next is the one that's been text that was texting Dana White everybody the whole night of that fight, and that was Juliana Pena. And I can't make a case that she doesn't deserve it because she's the number six ranked contender and. Come on, Amanda's knocked off everybody else. 
and Juliana Pena has only had two losses in the UFC. And do you know who those two losses are? Are two, Jerome? Um, I saw one of them. Uh, goodness, and she already she knocked this girl out already. I can't remember who it was, but no, I don't remember exactly the names. I, I do well, remember watching so, one of them though. Let's think. The only two fighters that Juliana Pena has lost to in the UFC are both people that Amanda Nunes has already disposed of, and one being. Valentina Shevchenko. Two, being Jermaine Durandame. So we've already so and and look at look at Jermaine Durandame. She was the first featherweight champion. Never defended the belt because she didn't want to fight Cyborg because of allegations of steroid usage. And Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah. And then and then well, I mean We love you right here, Cyborg. Cyborg. We love you right here, Cyborg, but I mean, and then I mean, Amanda <laughs> Nunes knocked out Cyborg in the first round. So I mean, <laughs> but did uh, you see that? That's then, the craziest fight ever in the history of UFC. That was insanity. That was pure insanity. They went in there, but they both went in there trying to knock each other out, and you knew somebody was going to sleep soon. You just didn't know who it was going to be. Yep, and it ended up being Cyborg. Yeah, and then and then. They say, but then look at Valentina Shevchenko. She's the queen of the flyweight division. So, Pena's last only two losses in the UFC were against world champion caliber talents. She wasn't going out there getting knocked out by people that weren't getting beat by people that weren't at least in the conversation for world titles. No, she got beat by world championship caliber fighters, but Pena don't Pena don't want those problems. She she don't want it because I've seen Juliana Pena fight. She's gonna have to try and get Amanda down to have a chance. No, she don't want to do that. And she don't, that's a bad night for her and, too. And, exactly, exactly. I say because you're gonna have because noon's on the feet. She's gonna catch it. Noon's on the ground. Hey, she reminded us all. She's gonna catch it. You, so why would you want those problems? Why would you want that? It makes no sense to me. Yes, I get it. You want to be world champion, but you're going to have to really improve on your striking to have a chance to even set up those takedowns because guess what? If you do get her down, you're going to have to find a way to actually beat her on the ground. And I don't know if Pena has the ability to actually beat Amanda Nunes on the feet or on the ground. And that's just an honest assessment, just seeing how we've seen Amanda Nunes evolve from years ago when she lost to Kat Zingano to being the greatest of all time in that in two female divisions. There's there there there's there's not much more I can say about that. Nah. Say Nunez has has been on a tear for the last last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've <laughs> I think we've discussed her very very much so, and we both have a, an extreme amount of respect for Amanda. And 
to be honest with you, I don't see anyone coming in knocking her off. One note, though, because I know we're we're pushing up here against the clock for MMA coverage, but there was one performance that really imp- uh, impressed me, and I and I'm forgetting the young lady's name, but she has got to be the tallest woman's fighter I've seen besides Jermaine Durandermine, and she came out and utterly dominated on Saturday. Um, I'm trying to look up her name as we're sitting here talking about it. Tara, do you know who I'm talking about? Do you, would you happen to know who exactly who I'm talking about? I, I say, it I was her first fight in, the, in, in, uh, in the UFC. Was it, was it on the prelims or was it on the pre prelims? It was on the prelims. Then I probably missed it okay. because I was busy conversing with people oh, at you, that Mr. time, Fancy. and not everybody was. Hey, <laughs> what can I say? People like me sometimes, but <laughs> but um, she was utterly, utterly um, dominant, and I'm curious to see where her career is going to go. And I, I'm going to try and look up her name later on when you're ranting about something. <laughs> just like to make sure I actually give the young lady her credit for her dominant performance. Well, let's say, speaking of, well, to get away from dominant performances in Octagon, maybe we're going to see a dominant performance on a streaming platform come next week. That's right. We're rushing into entertainment. And Jerome, at the time that this podcast drops, we will be six days away from the release of the Snyder Cut of Justice League. And, Jerome, have you seen the trailer at all? Of course. Of course. It looks excellent. It looks like an entirely different movie. And and that's the thing. A lot of people have been saying that, oh, it's the same movie. It's the same movie. Yes, some of the shots may may look similar, but you also introducing one of the greatest villains in DC Comics history in Darkseid. And you're going to see that Steppenwolf wasn't this big bad that he was made out to be in the other guy's version of Justice League. Yes, and I refer to him as the other guy because I will not give his name any clout because of all, all the uh, things that he has, he has done that are just now coming to light. But No, no, no. Say comes, his name. Say his comes, name so I can call him what he is right now. So go ahead and say his name. No, you can call him in the shenanigans. <laughs> just go ahead and say his name. I'm going to say exactly what he is real quick. Go ahead and say it. Just say it. J- He's Whedon. a jackass. And not like Steve O and Johnny Nashville. <laughs> yes, most definitely not in a good way. Or, Knox- <laughs> or, or, or Knoxville. Nashville, Knoxville is some town in t- Tennessee. Anyways. Oh, Lord. But. But. I have to say that I'm excited for this Snyder Cut to come out mm-hmm. because I've always said that I was not a fan of Steppenwolf being the main antagonist of the Justice League movie because in the in the hierarchy of the leadership of Apocalypse, he wasn't even the second tier. And when I say like second tier, I mean you have Dark Side, he's the top tier. Second tier is the side, G Gordon Godfrey and Granny Goodness. And third tier would have been like Calabac, Dark Side's son. 
Steppenwolf would have been the tier below Calabac. He would have been a fourth tier villain. And the fact that even in the movie that was done previously, do you know how many references that they made to Darkseid in the in the Justice League movie that was done? Uh, isn't it only like the one in Batman's like dream? No, I actually mean like references, like as in they actually mentioned Dark Side. Um, zero. One time. When is that? Exactly. <laughs> I had to go back and watch the oh, movie. Oh, you made yourself suffer I was through that garbage movie. again. Hold on, I wa- I was watching the movie because I was bored. Okay, um, I am never and, that bored to watch that trash again. But well, I was it was background noise, okay? <laughs> so as so as so as I am let's say watching this movie using as background noise, at one point in time, I like say I see Steppenwolf on the screen and they start panning up to the sky, and then all of a sudden you hear the dark side. I'm like I'm like, wait, they made reference to dark side only once? Dark side like they could have said Steppenwolf was the beginning part of an invasion, you know, that was going to be fronted by Darkseid. He could have made it, they could have made it so much more ominous that Darkseid's coming, Darkseid's coming. And they chose not to. Well, that was. Don't know why. No, I can tell you exactly why. It's because the movie was changed. They didn't like the tone that was being set by Snyder. And so once. Josh well, Jackass well, Whedon well, got his hands on it. He did everything. Well, you know why Snyder he... stopped the. Well, you know why Snyder did, like, say, stopped directing the movie. His daughter died, but that's right. But that doesn't mean that. And, that but that was. But that doesn't mean the person that you hired then comes in and changes the entire fucking movie. That's not what that means, and that's what Whedon did. He changed the entire movie. The movie is a. It's an yeah. entirely different movie than what was supposed to be presented to us. So. That right, w- and even Gal Gadot, even Gal Gadot said said there was one scene that the Flash falls on Wonder Woman. That she said, "No, I'm not going to film this scene." So Wheaton fi- found a stand-in, put them in the Wonder Woman costume, and filmed that scene. And it's just like, why do you need to have that scene? It doesn't need to be there because you know, you he can- was doing. The, all right, so if, you, if you've read it, stuff that has been said, they kept wanting Snyder to make the movie lighter, but it didn't fit the universe that was already set with the movies that were made previous to that, right? So he would add in all of the light stuff that they would want him to add in, but he would always make sure that he kept like the feeling of the movie in the way that he wanted it to. Well, once he's gone and you have somebody who's just a bootlicker, He's going to do what he wants, and he's going to ruin the movie for us, which he clearly did. Good job, bootlicker Josh Wheat. Say, all I know is Snyder Cup drops on HBO Max March 18th, which is a Thursday. And I'm going to, like I say, I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to sit down, get some snackage, and I'm going to buckle in for four hours of awesomeness. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be really good. 
I say so we're gonna we're gonna see how the Snyder Cut pans out because we just really need to watch the taste of the, the Justice League movie out of our mouth really bad, <laughs> really bad, like taking a shot of Malort bad. Well, when you get Justice League and then Suicide Squad, yeah, we need something to reset the feeling of that DC universe. And I'm going to tell you and, something. And mind you, like that said, Birds of Prey movie was crap, too. I just want to say it. It was crap. I'm not mad at Margot Robbie for getting her money and doing the movie, but the movie sucked. I'll put you like this. When it comes to the Suicide Squad, they... It's like... It's almost like that remake of Fantastic Four where it was one movie at one point and then they can... Comp- and it's like the director lost his mind halfway through and didn't care. Well, that was another movie with development hell, though, from what I remember. <laughs> didn't they have to change, like, directors midway through the production of that movie? Because I, um, I, I, I know it. I know before I it got started, so. they went through, like, three directors. I know that. But I'm pretty sure I remember that during that, uh, during the production of that movie, they actually had changed directors. I say that that possibly is is the way it is, and we're gonna see if they can retcon it. What I say the with the, I guess it's gonna be a sequel because they're not recasting Will Smith and they're keeping a lot of the same characters and actors. So we'll see what they do with the Suicide Squad. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be. Which that'll be dropping to HBO Max. I think it'll be easier for them to do after the Justice League movie because, from everything I understand, the Justice League movie is gonna start already explaining the multiple Earth situation. So we'll see where this goes. Uh, We'll definitely see where it goes. But what else needs to go? We need to go to su- we need to go to shenanigans. I was about to say suicide squad. Well, I was about to say, so Jerome, suicide, let's go what? ahead. <laughs> yeah, we need to go to the suicide squad. You know, let's say I'll be dead shot. You can be killer croc. Whoa, let's say whoa, that's just the way whoa, it goes. Whoa, 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 chill out, bro. Chill out. What? Nobody wants to be killer croc. You don't think you make a good? Nope. Nope. I'm cool. Why? I'm cool, bro. Why? He's beautiful. I'm cool. <laughs> no, no, he's not. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for Spam's Shenanigans. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the mind of a madman. Uh, We've got some fun stories for you this week, got some interesting ones and some strange ones too at that. But let's get right to it. Um, We're going to start this week with calling out one of our two, um, well, one of our three nominees for clown of the week um so stacy dash um for those that don't know the actress stacy dash she decided oh God. <laughs> uh yes terrell's reaction says it all so um for those that don't know as uh trumpism was really coming up she decided to be the black face uh the black conservative face on fox news and all these um news agencies don't, and don't we already have one isn't her name like candace something candace owens that useless bitch yeah, that fucking disgusting human of a uh, uh, Candace bitch. Yeah, yeah. Well, they needed a famous face though. Terrell Candace Owens wasn't famous yet. You know what I mean? She got famous as the years as those last four years happened, right? 
Stacey Dash ain't been famous in like 15 years. But I, listen, we ain't talking about how long she it was since she was super famous. We just saying she was famous because she was a known name. Well, she decided to get herself on, on all these conservative news networks and be the conservative black face for them. And um, really make an absolute ass of herself. And the end result is now she has lost all her jobs with all these news networks. And she is now out trying to give an apology and come back home to uh, the black people that she's disrespected and to all the people that she disrespected fighting on the side of good for the past four years. So I just have one statement for you to use, Stacey Dash. You are a clown. Watching your fake tears today made me laugh. So very, very hard. So hard. But. And and, and that's the thing. And let me just. And I normally don't chime in on this with you, Jerome. But Stacey Dash. Not a great actress. Beautiful woman. Not a great actress. And she's. And she made most of her career off of being an attractive woman. And the fact, because I remember first hearing about her, you know, going on this whole conservative kick when she was just like, oh, yeah, BET shouldn't be around. BET shouldn't be around. I'm like, hold on. Weren't you just on a show that Uh airs on BET that gave you paychecks called The Game and has a predominantly black cast? I mean, lack, lack of better terms, isn't that the pot calling the kettle black? That that just makes makes no sense, and I don't know. It's she just yeah, you're right. She's a clown. Uh-huh. Let's say let's get her let's get her a red nose, a, a purple wig, and some floppy shoes. Hey, she already did it to herself going on Fox News. So next in line here, we've got um, Nigel Farage. He's a, a royal snobbish butthole. Um, so he decided to go on TV after, you know, the Royal family got exposed for all their um, racism towards Meghan Markle and their, and, and the baby that was, you know, um, born. Well, he decided to make the statement to basically say that the Royals family has done more for people of color than anyone else in the history of the world. And I just want to say that is one of the patently stupidest statements I've ever heard in my life. For a country that has literally that literally went around for hundreds of years trying to build empire and enslaving other countries and stealing their resources, it is quite arrogant of him to say that they have done more for people of color than anyone else. If that is the case, why did you leave so many countries in Africa fucked up after World War II? Yeah. So, I just want to say, Nigel Farage... You are on the list here for being Clown of the Week. But don't you worry. You and Stacey Dash are not the winners. We will get to the winner of Clown of the Week because we had another one this week, too. Actually, it's two. These two actually tied for it, Terrell, and they're going to be co-winners. I, I know you can't wait to hear this. <laughs> but um, Natural Oh, Fire, happy day. Yes, Natural Farge, you are a clown. I call shenanigans on you, too, sir. Now, moving forward here. So, Terrell, this week there was a – I don't know if it was necessarily this week, but the story came to light this week that um, there was a fully fossilized dinosaur that was found to be hoarding the eggs of – get this, Terrell – eight other 
dinosaurs. Hmm. Let that sink in for a second. Yeah, eight other dinosaurs. Right? It was out here hoarding eggs, baby. It's like it knew the extinction was coming. Was like, I have to save you all. It was like, gotta catch them all. <laughs> Hoarders, Jurassic edition. <laughs> yes, but that was pretty crazy because um, they found all of that, and it, and that is, I think the they stated, if I remember correctly, that was the first time that they've actually seen that um, from the fossils that they found. So that's pretty. Um, pretty wild here. Moving forward here, just want to call out a quick uh, thing to everyone here. So the Republicans, Terrell, since they have lost power, have decided to start doing what they did the last time they lost power, which is start the culture wars. I just want to speak to everybody and say, plain out and simple, don't fall for the trick. All the shit that they're trying to keep you distracted with, don't fall for it. Remember the important things. And one of the most important things is remember this, and this is a fact. All of the Republicans voted against people getting relief. Those checks that you're about to get came from the Democratic Party. And all y'all know, I don't just ride for the Democratic Party blindly. But I'm going to tell you something. Remember that because the Republicans have shown you their true color. And this is what they're doing with this culture war stuff. This is like when they put up their fake um, anger about six Dr. Seuss books that they've never even fucking heard of being taken out of the catalog. And they're acting like they're so angry about it. And they're doing dumb shit like going on TV and reading Green Eggs and Ham and acting like they're doing some big stance. All that stuff that they're talking about, don't pay attention to it. The same people that complain to you about cancel culture are the same people that when they had all the power in the 90s and the early 2000s as we were growing up to shame everybody with their and bump their Bibles at people and do all this other stuff, they don't have the power anymore and they're just pissed off that they have to finally accept people for being who they are and they have to accept that their view is not just the right view. So, don't fall for the trick. It's all a bunch of cultural war bullshit. Keep your eyes on the prize, people. Oh, but moving forward here, a very strange story happened um, the past couple of days here. So, Terrell, you know who Patrick Ewing is, correct? Yes. Okay, so Patrick Ewing, for those that don't know, is a New York Knicks legend. His jersey is actually hanging in the rafters of Madison Square Garden. Well, currently the Big East Tournament is going on, and for those that don't know, the Big East Tournament is hosted every year in in Madison Square Garden, right? It's, it's a tradition thing. It's been going on for a long, long time, right? Well, security stopped Patrick Ewing and treated him basically like he was someone being in the building illegally. For those who don't know, Patrick Ewing is the coach of Georgetown. And also, Patrick Ewing is seven feet tall. So it's kind of hard not to recognize who he is. It's kind of hard, right? He's seven feet tall. Not I mean, a- I know you don't got the flat top no more, <laughs> no, but come but, on. I mean, how many brothers out there seven feet tall look like Patrick Ewing? I can't think of one, (laughs) you know, so the security apparently really harassed him and it happened multiple times and they were checking. They were really, really giving him a rough go of it. And I just find it quite hilarious that, again, we see examples of people being put in these positions of power that are security, some type of security force, right? They just abuse their power over and over and disrespect people of color over and over. And I just find it absolutely comical that we have another example with a man like Patrick Ewing who is seven feet tall and is a New York legend. 
legend. He did everything you could for the Knicks except win a championship. But it's kind of ridiculous that it happened, and this kind of goes into our next story here, which was one of our co-winners of Clown of the Week, and that would be Myers Leonard. Terrell, did you hear about what Myers Leonard did over this last week? No. So Myers Leonard, for those that know, he don't know, he is a backup center for the Miami Heat. And Myers Leonard decided to get on a stream this week, and he decided to use the K racial slur for Jewish people. I'm not saying it. Um, for those that don't know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. Okay, that's all I can say, but it's a four-letter word. He used it, and then he came out and gave the half-ass apology, acting like he didn't really know what he was saying and all this and all that, da 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 you know, the typical bullcrap that these people say. Um, I just want to point out to you, plain out and simple, that it's nonsense that he didn't know what he was saying. He knew exactly what he was saying. He just didn't think that there was going to be any consequences to his actions because, for those that don't remember, Myers Leonard is also the guy that wanted to stand on his morals about kneeling for the anthem with all of his teammates. So that same guy that was telling you that he stands for peace and all this is out here using racial slurs comfortably in his personal life. So Myers Leonard, you, sir, are the co-winner of Clown of the Week here in Shenanigans. Now, your co-winner of Clown of the Week is a Democrat senator by the name of Christian Cinema. Okay, now why am I calling her out? I've told everybody here, and I stand by this, I am not just a blind loyalist to the Democratic Party, and I plan to hold them accountable for everything that they do that is of disgusting behavior, and this is of something of disgusting behavior. The Democratic senator who makes uh, over $170,000 a year decided to vote no in a very distasteful way where she decided to just get up, basically put her finger to her nose, and then give two thumbs down to the vote. Well, Miss Kristen Cinema, I hope there is a progressive de- Democrat that gets your ass voted out of your seat for being such a disgusting human and not realizing that, hey, with most of the jobs in our in our um, economy currently being service jobs and most of the news jobs being in the service industry, we probably need to start paying these people better money. But since you want to be a clown, I hope you enjoy making your 170000 and I hope a progressive gets you voted out of your seat and takes your seat from you. So, you, ma'am, are the co-winner of Clown of the Week. Um, but next in line here, we uh, I just want to bring to everybody's attention that 10 years ago, this is going to seem crazy, right, that this is 10 years, but 10 years ago, this week was the massive tsunami that happened in Japan. Terrell, does that feel like 10 years ago to you? No, it feels more like five. Yeah, but that was 10 years ago, man. This week was the massive tsunami in Japan. So um, I'm only bringing this up. First off, it was a crazy event that happened. Also, I just want to point out to people that they are actually still recovering from that. There is still massive amounts of damage that is in that area. There is still consequences that they are dealing with from the damage that was done to the nuclear reactor that was um, the nuclear power plant, excuse me, in the reactor at the power plant. They are still dealing with the consequences of that. So this is why we have to take better care of our environment and be better stewards of it because you know events like this can happen and 
when we are adding to the destructive value that is happening because we're trying to do things like power our our, our cities and stuff with nuclear power which yes it's a it's a better alternative than coal and oil but we got to start moving past that stuff and really get into using the the energies that can that come straight from the sun and from the wind man we literally have enough sun and wind wind on this earth that we could power the entire earth hundreds and hundreds of times over okay so just pay attention people let's keep trying to move in the right direction here but yeah that is crazy Terrell. 10 years ago today that is uh that was well not today 10 10 years ago this week was that tsunami in japan but uh, moving on here we have one more person and he was real close to getting clown of the week Terrell. but those other two they i don't know they're what they did really got up under my skin a little bit more so um the Mississippi governor um, is out here signing bills, basically trying to get rid of like yoga and, and all this culture war stuff that I was basically telling you guys about. Right. Oh, it's a whole bunch of nonsense, not things that actually are substantive effects on people's lives. It's just a whole bunch of cultural war BS. Well, the only reason I'm bringing him up, people, is because after that um, massive freeze that the South had in February, Mississippi there are quite a few residents and especially in the um, areas of Mississippi that are more populated by people of color, their water is still not working. They are still having to boil their water just to be able to bathe, drink, do anything basic with it. And the Mississippi governor basically, for lack of better terms, because I'm not trying to go and look up his exact wording, but he says it, in this way that he says, "Hey, um, kiss my ass. You guys still need to pay your pay your water bills, even though you're not getting water that is actually usable to you. And it's not, and okay, it's not, and it's not their obligation as the government to hurry up and fix the issue with the water. So I just want to say, Mississippi Governor, I forget your exact name. You're lucky, and I don't feel like looking it up at this moment. But the Governor of Mississippi, you are a damn clown. Okay." damn big clown but got one last story for you this week and we're going to finish on a happy note here and i just want to celebrate Dak prescott getting paid now y'all know on this show over the years i love clowning cowboys fans y'all know i love it oh my goodness it's one of my favorite pastimes like they get so angry so quickly and it's just lovely right but I want to applaud Jerry Jones and the Cowboys for doing the right thing here, paying Dak Prescott, getting this man his money, and making him the get the second most guaranteed money of all time in a deal behind only the great Patrick Mahomes. So, just want to say big ups to you, Dak Prescott, for getting your money, for standing on your values and saying, hey, I'm going to bet on myself and get paid. And kudos to the Cowboys for doing the right thing and being smart enough to realize that, hey, uh, we should probably pay our quarterback who has shown us that, yeah, he makes our team way better. (laughs) So, Derek Prescott, congratulations to you and your family for getting, you know, getting that big deal done and being able to move forward here and stay. And I know he has stated before he wants to stay with the Cowboys for life. So, I hope that ends up working out for him and he gets to stay with the Cowboys for life. 
But ladies and gentlemen, that is all the stories that I have for you this week. Each and every week, I tell you, please, please stop paying attention to Kardashians. Pay attention to science. And hell, I'm going to throw another one here. Pay attention to politics, too. This stuff could really help change your life and really make things better for your life and the people around you's lives. So make sure you're paying attention to them. Because guess what? The Kardashians, they don't give a damn about you. Not at all. They just want to take all your money. I'm trying to put you on things to put more money in your pocket. That's all I got for you this week, ladies and gentlemen. And ladies and gentlemen, that is. So now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get to, well, one of the namesakes for our show. It's time to get into pro wrestling. And Jerome, with the announcement coming from Wednesday's NXT, we now have another title in WWE, and that is the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles. Jerome, I have to say, can we just start? They say getting rid of some of these titles because I'm a wrestling fan and it's hard for me to keep up with who's the champion. Well, I mean, I get your point on that, but counterpoint to you on that. We always want people to be able to have more of an ability to build their resume, right? And now they're giving people more chances than they ever have had before previously, right? Even in the previous years where they had the uh, split brands and there were, you know, one champions here, da 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 right? There's still more opportunity now than ever because they have the split brand champions and then they also have NXT and everything that goes on there. So when you have but, that in but, mind... But you're talking I, about I, on, on the main roster in itself, there are nine championships okay what and one of which one of which was supposed to be defended on all three brands nxt ross right now and that's the women's tag team championships and there's not enough depth in the main roster women's right. tag team division to have the tag titles the women's tag titles you know like say exclusive just to the main roster because there aren't that many real teams out there. Yes, I know. Somebody's going to be like, well, you got the Riot Squad. Well, they've been kind of MIA lately. Uh-huh. Oh, well, we've got Lana and Naomi. Well, they're a makeshift team. Yes, they've been friends for years. Oh, well, we've got uh, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Once again, a makeshift team. you got Mandy Rose out of a tag team that actually I preferred seeing her in because it was her and Sonya Deville to put her in another tag team. And then for a short period of time, you had Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce. Yet another example of you're taking a talented person out of a tag team and putting them with someone else. And it makes no sense. And now with Lacey Evans off, hey, hope we're paying for your shine. But, but, let's say you're but talking about, time out, time out, time out, time out. Weren't you, the, weren't you the guy, hold on, time out. Weren't you the guy just not about three weeks ago trying to tell me how much the NXT title is supposed to mean something? But now you're trying to tell me that because they don't have enough depth, because they haven't, because they haven't been able to the main roster, the main main roster doesn't have enough depth for the women's tag titles. Here's my point: they haven't built up enough teams yet, right? For sure, not arguing you down there. But to all of a sudden say we should just get rid of the title, I think it's absolutely ridiculous, Terrell. I think you're no, you're, no. You're, you're I didn't talking... say we should. I didn't say we should get rid of the title. I'm saying why did we need? Why do we need this title? Because guess what? You can have some of the 
you can put the tag titles on NXT and let some of the main roster people come down there. Draw eyes to that product. Let's, and let and a team, I say to you again, let a team Terrell, like Ra- Raquel, if you like, put, like, let, you let, let somebody like Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai run with the women's titles, and then okay, you can have uh, Ember Moon and Shashi Blackheart. Oh, Here you, you go can again. Re- and you can Here repackage. You go again. We put together again. Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke. You That's only, like, you have- but you only want to do things for the hardcore fans. Not for the hardcore fans. No, that's wanna... all you're presenting. You're only presenting things for the hardcore fans. You're really? not presenting so, anything. Terrell, when would so, I ever in that in that scenario? When the hell would I ever see the tag titles on NXT or on pay per views? How, how often do I watch NXT, Terrell? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> Come on, brother. Come on, brother. You know me. You know me long enough. It, it's it's on the USA Network, and that means what? That means it's more accessible than the in the days when it was strictly on either the network or if it was on Hulu. Brad, you've known me for twenty years. We have been doing this show for like ten. How much NXT do you think I'm consuming, Terrell? Probably just the takeovers, if I'm <laughs> so exactly. So when the hell am I going to see those titles in that scenario? What am I going to see? I'm saying. I'm saying, you want to analyze this, watch NXT more. Okay, but again, that's your scenario. You're saying, okay, now, because I don't like the fact that they don't have enough teams, let's present this scenario to where now the fans like myself who don't consume NXT, you're never going to get to see those titles because it's on NXT. So wouldn't that then just make them NXT titles, Terrell? No, because then the NXT people can still travel to Raw and SmackDown and to the pay-per-views to defend the titles. Again, you want people... You gave me two teams in NXT. What I'm trying to do is is stop the amount of tag titles. Because guess what? Not just the women's tag title division is, is weak. The men's tag title divisions is weak on both sides, on Raw and SmackDown. Well, no doubt, but we just came off of like one, having like one of the greatest runs of like tag team champion ever with the New Day. So, I mean, I think your your judgment is super harsh. We have, well, we have we have the New Day, and we also had the Street Profits, both it, having great tag team runs. But let me ask, let me ask you this question: What are the tag teams in their divisions? Let's say because right now. Oh, Ziggler and Rude are the SmackDown tag champions. Morrison and Miz. Benjamin and Alexander. <laughs> ben- Benjamin and well, Morrison and Miz are on on Raw, so they'd be going after the Hurt business. So, what are the teams outside of those? What are the outside of the Street Profits and Morrison and Miz? What are the teams that we're looking at? Because uh-huh. the Viking Raiders are out of the question because Ivar's hurt. Another exactly, reason. but another reason why I'm saying your your judgment is harsh. You, I, I don't understand what you we, want. We, it's 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 set up now, right now, because of everything going on. Since they're doing everything from Thunderdome, it's set up now where you could merge the tag titles and not have it be oh, a strain man. on no, any two I competitors. Think that's, I think that's foolish. I think that's foolish. 
I, I think that's the best way of going about it because there's too many titles in WWE. There's too I many titles in NXT I now. Think, I think I disagree with you. I don't think there's too many titles. What? I, I, see, I think there is. my issue with you on this. Jerome, there are nine titles on the main roster. Terrell. We, nine. Terrell, how many more is that really than when, let's see, we had two world titles and the split brand championships. How many more titles is that? Because there was like, what, four belts a, a show, right? Ron SmackDown? So now you're adding in the women's tag team title, and now it's too much for you. What? I don't understand no, your argument. Now we're, no, now we're adding in the women's tag team titles, and it's just, there's too much, especially when you can elevate someone from NXT that, you're gonna see here you on, go again a, with this NXT you can put, stuff, man. Here you wait, go. Wait, are we are we are we not supposed to look towards but, the future? Here's are we my, not here's supposed my issue to look with the future? That's here's, how we end with the same status quo. That's when, how we end up no, like no. WCW. When, and I'm gonna get on top of that in the next segment. When, but that's when, what, how we end up with a WCW. But at what point do you acknowledge that some of these people in NXT that you have so much love for? They're not ready. They're not. They're not gonna shine the way that you want them to on the big show. Where's your acknowledgement for that? Because we've seen it where people have Here, plenty of heat down in NXT, and then they come and then they kind of flame out. Not everybody's been a success and, story. Yeah, and and believe me, there's a couple people on the main roster that got called up way too soon, and in the wrong way. Let's see. Number one, Nia Jax. Nia Jax was two years away from being ready. But again, you're over and here. We, and we, but now but, you're but like, we're, hey, but let's, we're, let's take these people in NXT that they've, that they, the Triple H has already shown you that he's judged that these, that these people are not ready, right? And you're like, no. What how, can you say that, how can you say that they're not ready? Because, how can you say that they're not ready? Because if they ready, were ready, they would be on the big when, show. When, they have, they have, when all you've consumed is the, when all you consumed is Vince McMahon's if, version of if them. They, if they were ready, they would find a spot for him. You know that. Or, and, if they and, were and, ready to sell, and Vince McMahon, you know. and Vince McMahon has never called somebody up but, but way too early. Nobody's disputing that. But my point to you is, is again, so, if so, all so, of these but, people but were, were as ready that's, as you're talking about, shouldn't they already be there? Haven't people had opportunities? Say, Don't they give people like in NXT all types wait, of opportunities? Hey, Don't they give them opportunities all the time in paper? Where are you forgetting about the failure that they made with EC3 when Vince McMahon had one of their better talkers not say a word for weeks? Not say a word for weeks. Okay. That's how they booked EC3. We know. Okay. And then 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 you also gotta look. Look at the way that they introduced the Viking Raiders who were the war machine on the indies were were war raiders when they came to NXT and then to turn them into the Viking experience and made them the Viking raiders. And hey, you know what? Those guys, those guys were ready over and over again, but they were almost DOA because of the doggone name. Say AOP should have stayed should stay in NXT a little bit longer. Okay, the revival they were ready, but look, they were made to look not as credible as they were because they were a throwback tag team to the 80s to like Tully and Arn Anderson. So you can say you can say that some of these guys, oh, if they're ready, they should already been there. Guess what? A lot of guys get plucked out of that system because Vince McMahon likes the way that they look and wants to present them. And then 
there's a piss poor job of it. Triple H keeps these people and he knows how to use it. He does the same thing that Paul Heyman has done so many so, times. Has let me ask you so this. many so times. Are we really hide their weaknesses? showcase their strengths so can i ask you this so you really think that it's really as cut and dry as you're trying to make it to be to where like triple h has no influence on the big show right that that's really that's what you're selling me right now triple h has more influence on smackdown than he does on raw nobody nobody's gonna dispute that but again on the big show so you're telling me triple h doesn't have no influence not on raw really on, really, I think that's SmackDown? bull. I think that's bull. I think I think that's really? you trying to make the narrative fit what you want because, it, dude, if he has, if he has some say, if he has say in SmackDown and NXT, how the hell is he not going to have any say in Raw? Vince McMahon himself has always had people that have helped him out along the way. Yes, he's the final shot caller, right? That we all know that Vince is always the final say so, right? But he's always had people helping him along the way. So are we really going to sit here and try and pretend like Triple yeah, H doesn't yeah. have his say so in some of the stuff going on in Raw? Come on, man! Come on, bro! And, and you know, but you also got to remember the creative director of the Raw <laughs> and SmackDown Excuse is me. Bruce Pritchard, and there's got to be somebody that's a lot smarter on SmackDown because they've been doing a lot better stuff on SmackDown with Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns Terrell. than they have been with a lot of guys on Raw. Let's say Terrell. For, look at for, what they for did. Like 10 look years. at for 10 years Dude, at least you've on made raw, we're on raw wow. we are looking at someone like like randy orton spitting let's say i'm getting papa shango flashbacks watching randy orton on, on tv you but but think about what you're saying bro that don't make no sense regardless end of the day no triple h could, that doesn't yeah, make he can no have sense. a face but hold on hold on you and me you and me we do this show together okay we have equal say because it is our show. Now, if a third person came along, wanted to implement some changes, who are what's the final say? You and me, right? Yeah, but I they think... have their say, but we make the final decision. Time out, we make the final decision. And guess what? Vince McMahon, regardless of how you want to cut it, he still has the final say. The but writers I... are rewriting the show three hours before Raw airs. I think you're three issue... hours before SmackDown airs. I think a big part so of you can't. I think a big part of my issue with what you're saying, though, is that it, it's like you're discounting so many other things that you've said before previously. Like you, you bring up the comparison of what's the quality difference between Raw and SmackDown when yet we've acknowledged openly for over 10 years that SmackDown is the wrestling fans show. Raw's the big show, but for the real wrestling fan, SmackDown's their show. Right, if you're the hard, if you're the hardcore guy like you are, that's your show. That's been your show. That's been the show that they give you a better wrestling product. So my question, and why I'm having such an issue with this, is like, dude, it's like you're discounting all this other stuff, and you're just like, oh well, Vince, Vince is just messing everything up. No, I'm sorry, I can't just point the finger only at Vince McMahon anymore. If you do not like the product that is going on in Raw, Triple H has his hand in that too. For as much as you want to pat him on the back, he's got his hand in that too. T. Come on, man. Yeah, Look. and he's tried to and, and mind you, he's tried to protect his people, but guess what? You can't only protect someone for so long. Look at how but much they, they butchered people? Shinsuke Nakamura. But, but, Shinsuke Nakamura debuted on the main roster and he was actually one of the most over people on the main roster, going from arena to arena. And then they pissed all that away because they didn't want him to become champion too soon. Hey, I mean, for God's sake, you had gender, 
for God's sake, you had Jinder Mahal as a WWE champion before Shinsuke Nakamura. I got a question for you. Is that the first time that's happened, or haven't we seen them do things like that before in the past too? Just, just I don't know. Just remind me. Have they ever not, at the not point, given a guy a championship when they should, hmm. and then pissed away their not, they they've never done that before, right? Never, right? I'm saying <laughs> no. I'm just no. This is what I'm saying. I'm, You're I'm, getting caught but, up with but, your but emotions over, for these certain wrestlers over, and how you my, feel about them, and you want them to get over so badly that you're discounting that you forgot you know how this game is played. You know let, how. Let me ask you this played. question, Jerome. I'm I'm saying I don't see the purpose in another set of titles. NXT UK, they're their own thing. They're across the pond. Yes, yes, we're not going to see them. And yes, I'm happy that Jordan Devlin's going to come over to America and they're going to end the whole thing with two cruiserweight champions. Mm -hmm. That needs to be done. But I'm saying that when you have tag titles, especially in the women's division, and most of your teams that you could actually work with Mm -hmm. have been separated... I mean, I miss the Iconics. But, I miss the Iconics. Uh, I miss Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. But don't they need hey, to build some and, new teams, though, to expand people's stories out? And and, and what new teams? I don't know. And that's I the question. What new teams? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't, exactly. Listen, I, didn't see, exactly. I didn't see them putting Nia Jackson uh, and, and old uh, Gruffy Gruff together. Like I didn't see that happening. Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I ain't trying to disrespect her, but I always forget her name. And she just looks like she's, she's a mean-looking one. <laughs> All right. So, um, but yeah. I didn't expect yeah. them to put them together, and I actually really dig that tag team. So, I mean – yeah, and, but that's also a tag. But that's also a tag team that they had a they had a okay, frenemy story going into their formation. But and they hated Bailey and Sasha. But even but we're good. But, but even the but frenemies he, though still, the, doesn't it usually end up resulting in those two having a match in the end? Yeah, and guess what? That yeah, hasn't it happened. They played this out to decide to say that they're going to be the champions and they're going to try and work this with them as the champions. Yes, they need more teams, Terrell. But you're sitting here yes. saying to throw away a title, I think is ridiculous when we've been fighting for years for them to give people more chances to have titles. We were one of the people that years ago sat there and said that they should have a women's tag title. Now you want to throw it away? What the hell? I don't understand. I'm saying I'm saying they shouldn't have multiple women's tag titles. Because uh, you, you, you create more interest in the future, but could, if all of a sudden you bring these people up from NXT to get a shot, but then guess you what? Say that, you're giving them. But couldn't you technically say that you're giving, about all you're, the other you're titles? Giving, you're, you're giving. Can you technically say that about all the other titles too? Then take away. Let's take away everything. Let's just only go world heavyweight champion, intercontinental champion, United States champion, tag team champions. Let's take away everything else then too. Because couldn't you say the exact same thing about those titles? No, because they actually have more people <laughs> in those divisions. There's better divisions put up for those. I don't know, man. I think I, mean, I think you're picking and choosing I mean, here. I mean, the only, I mean, the only division that they don't really have any, like say, like say, because the mid card division that could be, like say, a number of people. The tag division we know that's weak on both so- shows. The women's division, 
I say, yes, yes. You you can have two different women's champions because you know what? There's at least some a little bit more depth on like I say, having the two, you know, singles women champions, one on Raw, one right now, and you have a number of challengers over there. But then you also have to look at like I say the only the only like main roster titles that you gotta wonder, like I say, where's the depth of competition are the world titles. Because you you got to think, who are they going to try and get up to that next level? I just find it funny right that now, you weren't complaining about the women's tag title when Bailey and Sasha were the champs. Yeah, you I wasn't. You ain't have nothing to say then, but then when they completed that storyline, now it's like, let's complain about it, that they don't have a team already ready to go, that they don't have a whole division ready to go. Come on, bruh. Because on, it was man. only one set of women's tag titles. Come we didn't on. have one in NXT and on the main roster. <sighs> But but, but but now Hold do you want was, people was, to have was, less was, opportunities was, was, was to I, be champion or more was, opportunities? Was, was I was I was the one that was I pining for a NXT women's tag title? No, I, I don't believe I, I can't say that you were ever saying was that it, we need an NXT was, women's was I tag a fan? Title. What was I was I a fan of them implementing a women's tag title? Uh, yeah, I would have to say you were because that is something that we both wanted years ago. So if your opinion changed on that, that okay. was something that changed over years. No, my opinion was I want women's tag titles. I didn't want there to be multiple sets of them. But Terrell, the game is played this way. You know the rules of this right now, right? You, you, if you, wanna, you understand. Okay, if you want to say the game is played this way, go talk to Triple H. But I'm just saying... I'm I'm saying we don't need another set of titles on NXT. Yes, I am glad that more people are getting opportunities, but I think that these people should have been getting these opportunities on a showcase. Hey, guess what? Guess what? Hey, you're right. Not everybody watches NXT. I get that. I totally understand that. But why not why not let these NXT talents go to a pay-per-view and challenge so the I'll champions? Be and 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 then, and then, and guess what? If they don't win the titles, they go back to NXT where they still, like, say, can work on what they need so, to work I'll on. I'll be honest with you. I'm more apt to actually watch and respect NXT, NXT as a product now, now that it actually has more championships. I actually, to be perfectly honest with you, I've I'm, always. I'm done I, with you I, right I, now. No, no, no. See, here, here is your issue. See, you only want to view this from the hardcore wrestling fan point of view, and you don't want to see it how I'm looking at this, which is that, hey, now NXT is a more complete product. But for years, it was basically the NXT title that was the only thing that mattered. Nothing else mattered on that show, plain out and simple. You, they, they had the NXT women's title. They had, let's say, don't forget, Paige, first ever NXT women's ti- women's champion. Okay. They had the NXT right. title. They introduced the men. They, they introduced the here, North American title, which gave us which gave us Adam Cole versus again. Ricochet. They say, say they gave us the NXT tag titles, which which had us, let's say. You gotta remember, NXT has had those tag titles for a long okay. time, even to the point that they've gone through a redesign. So, say the Wyatt family in its original I, I, incarnation I of Bray Wyatt, Eric it, Rowan, and Luke Harper. Rest in peace, Brody. I think you're missing the point say, here, my those, friend. I think you're getting you're getting way too. We're tag champions of NXT. No, I'm not saying the belts didn't exist. I'm saying now they actually mean something. Before they didn't mean piss all. All those belts didn't mean anything. They didn't. I mean, I know that I know that you think that they did, but they didn't mean nothing to mostly everybody, bro. Come on, look to the hardcore wrestling fan. Of course, they're going to mean something. But to me, 
you don't know how many times when you would be saying somebody's an NXT champion that I'm rolling my eyes inside. I just didn't do it to you because I don't want to be disrespectful to you and just roll my eyes at you. But rolling my eyes inside, she's like, oh, this person was the NXT champion. It's like, I don't give a damn about their NXT championships. I don't care. They're NXT champions. Like, even at this point, I respect the product more and I'm more apt to watch it now, but I still don't really care. You know why? Because you can have all the success you want in NXT. I've gotten excited about guys coming from NXT, and then guess what? You get on the show and you shit the bed. And what does it mean in the bit in the grand picture? It means you just came to the big show and shit the bed. What? All right. So tell me, tell me in your opinion, who came from NXT that sh- that immediately shit the bed? Who came and immediately shit the bed from NXT? Yeah. Who came in? Who came in and shit the bed? I mean, you're going to find this to be a little harsh. But uh, if you want me to be honest, I felt like Sami Zayn did. I felt like he kind of shit the bed in his first run. I did. It, it wasn't good. It was not. I'll, okay, I'll give you credit. Like I say, they didn't do... I, say, I, and Sammy, I'm not putting like the say, blame first fully. Run was not you good. understand. I'm not put- now, mind you, mind you, mind you, Sami Zayn, his, he was originally supposed to debut after he challenged John Cena, but then he had that shoulder problem because he came off a hot debut, but when he showed back up, they, 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 the momentum was gone. So he came in kind of cold. He I'm came not in cold. saying it's all on the wrestler either. When I say this shit to bed, I'm not saying it's all on them because I understand there is – circumstances to all of this. That's what I say. We know how the game is played. But again, if you are truly as good as you need to be, you have some type of ability to stick with the fans. Me and you, we love um, 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 what's his name? Oh my goodness, how did I just blank on his name? Um, dude that hurt himself when he won the world title, had to give it up. Um, and now he's back in there. We love Finn Balor, right? We both think he's excellent as a wrestler. Think he's awesome. We dig his whole his whole get down, right? But if he had as much stick as me and you per, both personally believe, he would still be on the main roster. Because guess what? He would have that much value to them. They would figure it out somehow, some way. But you also got to understand that there are guys who've been on the main roster who have been petitioning to go back. Yeah, to that's NXT. cool. You can petition, but that that still doesn't change the fact that you didn't stick here. You didn't make it work here. Look, man, if Randy Orton can still be making it work with his same one-note character for ten years, for the past ten years, something's wrong with what these guys are presenting. You see what I'm saying? I, I get the yes that there's favoritism and stuff like that that is still played in this whole equation. But at what point do we start looking at these guys and saying, well, maybe you're just not the A1 superstar. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to end this conversation now. Because this is just going to end up in a loop and let's say, but, but we're going to flip to the other. We're going to go ahead and flip over to the other side of the Wednesday Night War, which is probably going to be ending soon here with NXT possibly going to Tuesday nights. And we're going to look at All Elite Wrestling and Jerome. 
MJF has got his horsemen. That's right. For those of you who missed it on All Elite Wrestling Dynamite, the inner circle had their war council. We saw the Spanish guy, Sammy Guevara, make his return to All Elite Wrestling and rejoin Chris Jericho, Santana Ortiz, and Jake Hager in the inner circle as they expose MJF for the lying, cheating scoundrel that he is. And at the moment that they were about to give him an old-fashioned inner circle beatdown, MJF said the words, Chris, I was never trying to take over your group. I was forming one of my own. Lights hit, and we see see Mr. Mr. War himself, Warlow, and we see FTR, Tully Blanchard, and Sean Spears. MJF has now created his own group. They have not come up with a name yet. We'll probably find that out here either next week at St. Patrick's Slam. That's the name that they're going with the show for Dynamite next week. I mean, this is this is something that I've been saying for a while. Is Ever since FTR joined All Elite Wrestling, they're going to form a version of the Horsemen, especially once they had Tully Blanchard as their manager. Because... And, and I was constantly wondering, like, are they going to give, let's say, are they going to show the association between uh, Tully Blanchard and Sean Spears with FTR? Because they had been keeping them separate. Like, Tully was managing Spears, and FTR was never involved. And he was managing FTR, and Spears was never involved. And now, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen, okay, they're actually showing this relationship now to, you know, that, you know, these three guys are all being managed are all being managed by Tully, and now we're seeing them team up with possibly one of the greatest heels in the business. And and let's say if you're gonna have a horseman, you gotta have that kind of Ric Flair character, and MJF can fit the bill because he can go in the ring and he can definitely talk. And let's say, and mind you, let's say this isn't gonna be the four horsemen because you got Wardlow lurking there in the shadows. And we're waiting for him to eventually turn on MJF. And then we're going to have like the old school four guys with the manager, you know, so we'll like, so we'll have the, the core group of MJF, FTR and Sean Spears. Cause in this, in this equation, I would say that Spears kind of fits more of the Barry Windham role. Whereas, whereas, and I will always say that, uh, well, I have to remember his, his actual name here in the Holy wrestling, whereas Dax Hartwood, is more of your Arn Anderson. Like I say, he's an enforcer, but he's also, you know, like I say, part of a tag team. And Dash, sorry, not Dash, uh, but Cash Wheeler is more of your Tully Blanchard style because he's, you know, like I say, proficient enough to where, like I say, he can go solo, he can go tag team. I mean, like I say, we're seeing this, and Wardlow, Wardlow would technically be the enforcer in this group, but. I'm looking at, like, say, the way that the horsemen were comprised back in the day. But, you know, like I say, that's just me going a little nostalgia factor. They're actually giving MJF his own group. I'm wondering what they're going to call them because for weeks and weeks, FTR has been, Tully Blanchard has been telling everybody, fear the revelation, fear the revelation. Well, we just had a revelation, and I hope they're not calling the group revelation because I'm sorry, that's a terrible name. Ain't you the same dude that Let's loved say, evolution, already, though? 
Yeah, I love mm, evolution. Yeah, whatever. Sounds about the same to me. No, because revelation Man, is oh, it. we've revealed something. Evolution is is we're we're evolving, we're changing, we're going with this. You know, I love but evolution because they actually had a catch. Also, be like they had a catchphrase. Re- we are a revelation. We're here to save the industry from all these clowns that are here. Okay, th- think about I'm what you just saying. said. We are revelation. We are the revelation. We are okay. the ones that have come to save you from all of this. So at the core, or at the core of the word, we are the reveal. Why you always see? You just a hater, bro. You just a hater. You don't want to. You want to let nobody have no fun. That's what. That's right. That's what. That's why. That's why I eat my hater tots. <laughs> you sound like you do. Sound like you eating plenty of them. That's right. Got it from my buddy Merkin. Huh? For those of you who don't know, that's a that's that's a refer, that's a reference to uh, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Let's say if you ever watched it, go ahead and check it out. It's on Prime Video. Why are but, you this hey, way? It is. But <laughs> just like Lady Gaga, I was born this way. Anyways. I don't know. Anyways. like Toby but, right now. Uh, let's say. <laughs> I, I do like Toby McGuire, nah, the first Spider-Man. The Toby, Thank you. That ain't the Anyways. Toby I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, don't you bring up Toby. Don't you bring up Toby. He was a nice guy. He was cool to us back in high school. Anyways, no, that's not the Toby I'm talking about. MJ, nope, 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 nope. But anyways, <laughs> MJF has his stable now. I'm I'm excited to see because now we know because because now AEW still has a match that they haven't revealed yet, which is basically the old War Games, but they're calling it Bloody Guts because they can't call it War Games. Mm-hmm. And we were wondering, we were wondering if they were ever going to do that match. Well, we now have. The, the right factions to do it with because now you have the inner circle and MJF stable that can go in there because the, the elite is broken, okay? There's no more elite. Like, say, the Young Bucks, yeah. Kenny Omega, yeah. Uh, Hangman Page, yeah. Cody, yeah. Let's say, even even if you had Cody with the Nightmare family, there's, let's say, for, for something like Blood and Guts, you kind of want the star power and the elite with the... The elite having the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, Cody. You know, they say you 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 had that star power along with the inner circle. Now we're getting now, like I say, with MJF's group and the inner circle, we're we're possibly looking at possibly getting uh, blood and guts again. And with these two factions involved, and you're talking like say you got the newer stable with MJF and Spears and FTR and Wardlow versus the inner circle. Say, I think this is, I think this is, I think this is going to be like say, one of the most interesting run-ups that we've seen. Uh, I know it's something that you've been waiting on for a long time, so I, I'm curious to see if they will live up to your expectations because um, I know you have some. If they don't, you know, if if they don't, you know, you know, I'm gonna I say know you something. You have some lofty expectations for some of the goings on in um, AEW. I'm just surprised your favorite didn't get brought up this week because I know how much you love him. But, you know, I know you you found a way to squeeze him in every show except this one. I'm shocked. Well, when it comes to Jungle Boy, <laughs> uh, let's say he wasn't on the show this week, but, you know, let's say he'll, he'll, let's say he'll pop up. He'll pop up again soon. He had a good showing in the Battle Royal at Revelation. I'm gonna sorry, not revelation, revolution. See how you use those two. Sound like personal but, problem to me, but but you know, let's say 
say Jurassic Express has has their upside. Jungle Boy really has his upside. So we're going to see them more later down the road. And I'm just glad to see Sammy Guevara back. And there's a lot of stables starting to form. It's kind of weird because you remember like back in the 90s when WWE had like a bunch of stables. And we were just like, oh, man, there's a lot of stables here. That's how All Elite Wrestling is kind of turning into where there's a bunch of stables. Now, granted, a lot of them are three-man stables. But Matt Hardy has his own stable now too, man. where he has the guys from. Let's say where where he has uh, where he has Private Party and now Butcher and the Blade with the money. Well, yes, that's right. Butcher Butcher Blade and uh, Bunny. I know Butcher Butcher Baker Candlestick Maker. All I, I know, know is I get that uh, Three Man Band is still cooler than all of them. Um, I mean, if you really think of it, three M B has produced two world champions. That is true. That is true. Let's say, say, I'm, I'm just waiting for Heath Slater to all of a sudden get extremely jacked, pop back up on Raw or SmackDown, and win a world title. But I say, like, they have had almost as much success as the Shield. I know people will look at me cross-eyed, but I'll be like, hey, it's the truth. Like, say, the Shield, the Shield. You know, they did their let's say everybody in the shield has been a world okay. champion. And like let's say say two out of three members of three and B have uh, I'll be honest achieved that you. goal. Three and B is what got me on board with McIntyre. So he look he he owes his support for me to Heath Slater. Cause Heath Slater got me on board with them dudes. So gotta give him his credit. And on that note, <laughs> we want to thank everybody for tuning in to this week's show. I say, remember, you can listen to our, on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, on Amazon. That's right. If you have an Alexa, just say, play Inside the Cage. I say, you'll get the latest episode. Remember, the episodes drop every Friday at noon. And also, make sure that you follow us on Instagram at Inside the Cage. That's Inside with two eyes. Also, follow us on Facebook. And make sure that you follow Jerome and Chase Man, man everywhere. You already know. Look for the pretty face. And then you can follow me at T Campbell underscore ITC on Instagram. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Let's say tell your friends, tell your family. Oh, make sure that you check out check out the new series that we have going on called Inside the Cage Hoops with Jerome and Mace. And also, Cage Den is coming soon. So you're gonna to get to have a watch along with myself and one and somebody who's uh you know I've I've sat down and had to watch wrestling with me and the first match that we will be discussing will be Ricochet versus Adam Cole from NXT Takeover Brooklyn Four. All right, so make sure you keep an eye out for that. But for this week, I am your host Terrell Campbell. Thank you for listening to Inside the Cage, and thanks for being locked.